Cue Fabric Cast Music. Dun, I already did dun, it. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Hello, uh, welcome to Michigan <laughs> Another Mayhem, the show about Michigan murder, mysteries, histories, and other random mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. All right, Jen, I know you told me, but as always, I've forgotten. What are your subjects today? We're going to talk about um, a story i seen in the Detroit News about a Michigan home that's featured on the Travel Channel. Okay. I've got a... Oh. Yeah? I'm sorry. Go ahead. And then one other one. Okay. I'm going to talk about Andrew Wilson, who killed his mother because he wasn't allowed to keep his dog at their house. Okay. Sometimes, you know, things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, this went wrong. Mine is uh, basically when cops go bad. This is about a cop who was never a good cop and just steadily grew into a worse cop. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to go first? It's how, whatever you would like. How about you do one of yours, I'll do mine, then you do your second one. Okay. Okay. So the Detroit News did an article on a historic Michigan home featured on the new Travel Channel Ghost Show. Okay. Travel Channel, it's called Ghost Brothers Haunted House Guests. And the house is the Richard Burtis house, and it's also known as the Wedding Cake House. And it's located in Vassar, Michigan. Does it look like a wedding cake or something? You know, it's the intricate detail and the, oh, like around that makes the it, yeah, so okay. it's like loop, 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 and okay. yeah, is why they call it a wedding cake. And it looks like it has layers. Okay. Um... But no, when you look at it, it it's like wedding cake frosting. Okay. Is what it looks like. Okay. Um, the home was built in 1880 by Richard, who was a shoemaker, famous shoemaker. Melody from the Detroit News interviewed the current homeowner, who said she was injured when a mirror fell off a wall, and she believes there are both good and bad spirits in their home. They currently believe there's three different adults that live in there. Okay, wait, you know, the three adults, some are good and some are mm-hmm. bad. Okay. Yeah. The home is being shown on the Travel Channel show Ghost Brothers Haunted House Guests and has also had other paranormal teams visiting the home, including th- uh, Thumps, Thumb Up, Thumps, Thumb of Michigan oh. Paranormal Society and Michigan Bay Paranormal Team. Wow, we have some paranormal teams here. I guess I wasn't mm-hmm. aware of. Yeah, and then so what was interesting is this couple purchases the home. Okay. Who currently own it. And they're renovating it. So they have a Facebook page. They've had a GoFundMe. Like uh, they're trying, you know. Yeah. I'm sure this show is helping drive some revenue to fixing it. Okay. But I think it's an old house and the mirror fell off. Right. You yeah. Know, it didn't just mysteriously fall off. Yeah, you're not into ghosts anyway. No, I'm not. So it's hard for me to. But I don't have cable, but I'm going to try to. See if you. Yeah, let me know. See if I can Find get it. this because I have. I, I know people with cable. Oh. <laughs> I know, right? You're like, I don't have it, but I know people who do. Yeah. I, I want to tell you about this guy that basically is a bad apple that just made all sorts of other apples go rotten. Okay, so Oakley Village, Michigan was established in 1887, and Oakley had a population of 
290 people in 2010 in the 2010 census which equaled it to be about 135 housing units so 135 housing units that's not very big mm -hmm. right looking at the back of your left hand is a map of michigan oakley is about an inch southwest of the thumb crease and around 2008 2009 oakley hired robert resnick to helm the police department for 500 dollars a month so it's just a you know like basically almost like a voluntary position thing mm -hmm. Hiring Robert was the catalyst that created a controversy that includes criminal charges from the federal government. That's how wrong it went. Robert Resnick attended the Flint Police Academy in early 1976. As Academy graduation neared, officials realized that he lied about his age and he was 17 years old, not a legal adult at 18 like he claimed on his application. No. So a Genesee County Sheriff had signed his application to the Academy saying that Robert was a part-time employee at his post. But the full truth was Robert Resnick was a confidential informant, a narc, at his high school. And the sheriff's memo said that Robert was an informant, not like a high school student. Oh. And due to it was due to the school's drug issues. So in December of 1906, saw a letter being sent from the state of Michigan to the Genesee County Sheriff that said Robert, uh, uh, his academy training was null and void due to him not meeting, quote, the state of Michigan minimum requirement for employee standards. So, like, he's not a legal adult. He cannot go to the academy. His academy training is null and void. He is not a cop, right? So, although Robert's police academy certificate was voided from his 1976 training, he was allowed to go through the graduation ceremony so that his family didn't lose face in the community. And at the graduation, he was given a copy of his certificate to carry, like so he could carry a certificate when he fake graduated, and he kept it. Now, remember, this is 1976. People don't have electronic records to check on somebody, mm -hmm. right? So in 1977, Robert Resnick graduated from Grand Blank High School, and he turned 18. Robert again began to work for the same sheriff's office as a Marine officer with limited policing powers. The state um, again denied Robert's request to certify him as a police officer. So again, he tries to get certified as a cop and the state denies him again. And um, this didn't stop Robert from working at police departments in Flushing City, Genesee, Shiawassee, Huron, and Lapeer counties. And at the time, police were required to complete basic training but there wasn't a way to track officers as they moved from different posts. So he has a certificate, so everybody thinks that he's graduated. Mm -hmm. And they have to go through this basic training, and you need a, a valid certificate for that. But this is the 70s, and there's no way he could say that, oh, yeah, I got that when I was over in this post. They must have lost the paperwork, and everybody's like, oh, okay. And there's no way of like electronically verifying anything. Yeah. So it was in 1988, so he's been doing this for like 10, 11 years now. Mm -hmm that he worked for Flushing and that someone starts to question his credentials. And attention came to the matter of Robert's missing credentials due to a tip to the state agency that oversees police officers. So someone narked on the narc, basically. Oh, right? okay. So when Robert was confronted over his lack of credentials, he told the state police lieutenant that the um, academy officials 
told him, he said they told him to falsify his date of birth on his application, and when he turned 18, that he would be automatically certified. That's what he's saying to this person that's investigating. Well, and he has a certificate. Yeah. Well, the, the Academy officials deny the claim, and they point out that they voided his certificate. They're like, I don't care what he's holding. It's void. And we voided it. He was given a paper copy, so he didn't look bad in the community. So Robert Weiss, who was the Genesee County prosecutor at this time, recorded that Robert Resnick was able to get into the police academy due to his father's influence. Because if you think about it, why did they let him save face? Why didn't they just kick him out? Well, because his dad's probably got money and stuff, which is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. So Robert Resnick's dad was a physician, and he was able to sway local law enforcement to let his son go through the training. So he basically uses his influence. So when Resnick's fraud was found out, Robert Weiss, the prosecutor, did not prosecute Robert Resnick. So Weiss said it wasn't feasible to prosecute him due to the amount of time that had passed. But this is, uh, let me tell you what, your, your brother and I immediately went to one place. But Robert Weiss did recommend that Robert Resnick never be certified as a police officer. He says this guy never needs to be certified as a police officer. Robert Weiss concluded that Robert Resnick didn't have the credi credibility with prosecution that they would be willing to call him as a witness. So, like, we don't find him credible, you know, don't oh, ever yeah. make him cut. Makes your sense. brother and I were immediately like, if we were arrested by Robert Weiss in any way, I'm sorry, Robert Resnick in any way, the fake cop, in those 10 years, if we were arrested, if anything happened to us in any way, if he touched any evidence in the 10 years that he was not a certified police officer, just play acting, we would get retrials, like you have someone because you mm -hmm. have to certify in all these forms, yes, I'm a certified police officer, yes, I've had this, and those are all lies. It would bring every person he had ever you know, arrested, any evidence he'd ever touched into question, and we're pretty sure that's why the prosecution doesn't go after him, right? Because for 10 years, he's arresting people and he's not really a cop. And so even since they didn't charge him with anything, yeah, that means no one can ask for a retrial? Oh, you can. But we're wondering, because this is like 1988, mm -hmm. how many people saw this? We don't have the internet in 1988. If you're not nearby in Michigan to see a newspaper, like say he falsely arrested you and now you live in Illinois, you might not know. Yeah. That this small town cop might not have even been in the newspaper at the time. Hmm. So, yeah, you'd have to know about it. So, the next year, in 1989, Robert Resnick enrolled in the police academy at Delta College. After graduation, and after he worked as a police officer for after 10 years, he does become a certified police officer. Even though everybody's like, do not ever make him a police officer. So, Robert continued working. In Michigan. In Michigan. He continued working for the city of Flushing. He worked for Holly, Perry, Coleman, Clarkston, and Gaines Village. How? Now he is a certified cop. Yeah, how? So the prosecutor is now in, um, you know, what if he retires? I don't know how he manages to do it. I don't know if he retired. I don't know if he mm -hmm. now has a different job, but he's a cop again, right? So he works in Gaines Village until 2001 and lists his reason for living as, quote, change of governing board. So he's saying that the village um, governing board changed. So there was a civil case from Gaines Village against Robert Resnick that shows he was, quote, fired for failure to perform duties, end quote, as well as using his official vehicle for personal use. According to the man who was the village president at the time at Gaines Village, Robert was a bully who struggled to get along with others and often stepped out of bounds of his authority, like thought he was bigger shit than he really was, right? Mm -hmm. So during the next few years, Robert Resnick was accused of demanding entry into private homes of people who were considered debtors. 
you know, owing money on unpaid loans or credit card debt. And Robert would sometimes arrive at night and refuse to leave the home until the debt was paid. And he would encourage the homeowners to call family and friends to get the money. Like, you owe money on this loan and until you, yeah, I'm not leaving this house until you collect it from somebody. And he was known for being aggressive and threatening people with arrest. He'd be like one of those motherfuckers. Like, do what I say or I'm going to arrest you. And it's like, you must have a small dick. That's all I can say. <laughs> right? Or some, some other self-esteem issue. Or maybe like you come early. I don't know. But something is wrong with you on the inside. Okay. So then Resnick landed in the rural village of Oakley in the late 2000s. And it was in Oakley that Resnick made his biggest move. So for a town of about 300 people, Robert Resnick created a police reserve force of between 100 and 150 officers. So there's only 300 citizens and you're trying, you need another 150 people to police them? Yeah. Like what's wrong? So the civilians that volunteered for the police force typically paid about $1,300 for the privilege. So each of those 100 and 150 mm-hmm. people paid that much money. The list of people who had been registered as part of the reserve police force in Oakley was kept secret from the residents. So this guy is making people police officers. And if you said, "Who you, you live in the village, you're like, so who are the police officers here? And you'd be like, it's a secret. Like, you don't need to know who the police officers are. Isn't that highly suspicious? Yeah. Yeah, we're not the only ones that think so because it starts to go down, right? Mm-hmm. So in 2014, Robert Resnick was building a similar police force in Waterloo Township. So he's gone somewhere else and he's doing the same thing. He's getting hundreds of police officers for a town of just a couple hundred people, right? Mm-hmm. So he works as a police chief in Waterloo and Oakley at the same time because they're very little towns, right? So um, again, in Waterloo Township, Robert secured donations from those who wanted to be reserve police officers. Donations. Uh-huh. However, the residents of Waterloo were concerned enough. They're like, ugh, this is why, why? So they're concerned enough to vote down a millage that would keep the police office open. They decide to not have a police force. They're like, this is, we'd rather not have a police force. So the police post, the police post was closed, and Robert loses his job at Waterloo. He still has the job at Oakley Village at this point. So concurrently in Oakley, the Mich- Michigan Municipal League cancels the village insurance over liability issues with the reserve officers. This caused the council to shut down the Oakley Police Department until they could obtain insurance and work on the issues with the reserves. So someone else is like, yes. Right. So yeah, another like legal thing is like, we, we're concerned that you have so many reserve officers, we're taking away your insurance. The council's like, all right, no insurance, we're shutting down the police office we can't have, right? Mm-hmm. Robert uses money from the reserve officers' donations to secure insurance, and he reopens the police post himself. A trustee to the village named Francis Fuzz Kosky files a lawsuit due to Resnick opening the police station against the village council's wishes. So, like, on his own, he opens the police department again. You can have your own police department? Oh, no, he can't. No, so he does that, and immediately the village, someone from the village council starts to sue him, right? So the residents are already at odds with each other, these... 300 people, right? Mm-hmm. For and against Resnick. So Oakley became a village divided with neighbors disagreeing with neighbors and family members arguing from both sides. And one village member described it as people turning on each other, like a line being a, a, drawn across the village oh, and everybody yes, stands uh, on one side or another. Uh-huh. Well, I said, it reminded me of the 2016 U.S. presidential election. <laughs> You're either for or against, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like my own family, we went to war, so I can imagine that happened here, right? Yeah. So, village board meetings were um, often heated. 
Restaurants in the village went quiet as nobody wants to start a fight with the diners next to them, like nobody wants to talk about anything. The residents that saw Robert Resnick in a positive light pointed out that during the holidays, Robert and some of his reserve officers gave out free ham and turkeys to the residents of Oakley. Well, he has all this money, right? Of course he does. They appreciated the police presence, they said. Resnick had told them that officers had underground, that, that he, because they don't know who the police officers are, right? But he says that the police officers, he's telling them this, mm -hmm. um, have, underground back, have undergone background checks. They had been offered training. It just says offered, not received. He offered to train them. And they had concealed pistol licenses before they applied to the force. They, the reserve officers gave 200 or 2000 I think it was $20,000 which went straight to the village right mm -hmm. and the village offices were redone and some of the sewer you know costs were upset hold on how can yeah. you if you have all these reserve uh -huh. police officers uh -huh. how could you not know what any of them are you, you're, you, you're getting a hand from somebody. Well, you tell you know. Okay, so but how about, you know, six of them. There's 150. Oh, yeah. Tell me who the other 144 is. Yeah, but <laughs> they, they right? do know some. Somebody knows somebody. Yeah. Okay. You, well, you might know right. like six or maybe even ten, but you don't know the other 140 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they also put new tires on the village backhoe, which is used to plow snow from the roads. So those that were against Resnick claimed that the officers, during two separate occasions on Halloween and during a bike run, we're displaying excessive show. We're doing excessively, being excessively forceful with other people, being aggressive with other people. And a village of 300 people with a really low crime rate doesn't need a high quantity of reserve police officers. Like, like this is just unnecessary. They believe that Robert wanted to control the village. And it was one of the reasons for the lawsuit after Robert reopened the closed police office, right? Because they're like, whoa, whoa, you don't run this place, you know? So when Robert Resnick was accused by a bar owner of harassing one of his bartenders, Resnick began hassling patrons of the establishment. Mm. Resnick and his officers were pulling over people as they entered and exited the parking lot of the establishment. He was accused of using his position to bully other people in Oakley, which he had been previously charged with in Gaines Village, right? Yeah. So it's not the first time. So most of the reserve officers didn't live in Oakley and have never been there. So why would someone who doesn't live in Oakley want to be a reserve officer with the village? I didn't think you can be a police officer where you, where you live. Yeah, I'll explain to you how that happens too. You don't have to live there. These people haven't even been there. So one of the reasons is because of the officer designation. You're now an officer of the law. He just made you an officer of the law. Those that have that designation of a reserve police officer can have enhanced concealed weapons permits. These permits allow those people to carry weapons in places where it's otherwise prohibited. So you can carry weapons where nobody else can carry, like schools, bars, and sports stadiums. The second reason is that they also received access to guns and ammunition that Resnick was selling cheaply. So who are these people on the secret list of reserve officers? The secret list was finally revealed due to a court order because somebody sued him and said, I want to know who are the officers in my village, right? You can't keep it secret. It's public. It's a public office. The list included regular citizens along with a Detroit Free Press attorney, a former prosecutor, a Detroit businessman, a former Detroit Lions player, and Robert Kid Rock Ritchie. Kid Rock, among others, is one of the people who have never been to the village. So he has never been there, but he is an officer of the law at this village. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Robert Resnick has been investigated since 2015 and was criminally charged in 2019 with firearm fraud. When his home was raided in 2017, his contract with the village of Oakley was not renewed. So that's when they finally say enough. The federal government believes that Robert was using Oakley as a front for his illegal firearm business. Robert used his status as a police chief to buy guns and ammunition at reduced prices with the reasoning that that they would be used for police work. But Robert would then sell the munitions at a reduced cost to his reserve officers. And then they would, again, sell it to somebody else, right? Because it's all discounted. Everybody's making money. Mm -hmm. It's believed that Resnick made a, quote, significant profit, end quote, selling normally expensive assault weapons that were adorned with Oakley Police Department badges. So there would be badges on it saying that they're official police weapons. Wow. Right? Robert's also being charged with evading federal and state taxes on sales transactions of guns when bringing them across state lines. So he's going everywhere and picking up these guns at a discounted rate as an officer and then selling them to his officers, his hundreds of officers. Mm -hmm. He failed to file taxes for several years on both his personal income and his collections business. When investigations began in 2015, so right, he does file all his returns that year, but he's being accused of underreporting his income, right? Like, basically, I made $5,000 this year. I'm like, yeah, somehow you managed to have a home and three cars, and you know what I mean? So Robert Resnick's lawyer, Mark Krieger, claims that he had a judgment lapse, that Robert had a judgment lapse. And Robert, a long one. Yeah, one that lasted a couple decades, and um, he feels regret over his actions. And federal prosecutors are asking for an 18-month sentence while Mr. Krieger is asking for probation. After that, he only gets 18 months. He's put guns in the hands of people. He made the police officers. They can, yeah. So Robert Resnick, now age 60, does plead guilty. He does plead guilty. And his felony, um, <laughs> so his felony keeps him from ever being a police officer. He's now been. Yeah, right. Yeah. So finally, 30 years after he started faking being a police officer, they told him no matter what, <laughs> you can't be a police officer. Okay, so just here, here's one of the things you should know. The Michigan public should note that there are no state standards for conduct, training, or oversight of reserve officers in the state. We have no rules. Then somebody could just walk by and start blessing people. Reserve officer, reserve officer. Yeah. Michigan has about 3,000 unlicensed volunteer civilians on the police force. You know they have that once a year in Washtenaw County. Oh, yeah? Where you can apply. Wow. Well, one of the things I was watching, you know how some of the town was like, he's a good guy. And some were like, no. This one guy's like, I think he's a nice guy. At one point, he came over to my house just to check to see if the, the music at the bar was too loud, if it was bothering me. I just want to be like, he wasn't trying to be nice to you. He's harassing the bar owner, and he's trying to find a way to file a complaint against him. Yeah. I just want to be like, this dude is evil, and he's a bully, and I bet you he was just a horrible human being. And so he got 18 months. Oh, they're hoping. So as as of the time that I wrote this, it hadn't happened yet. Mm. So what happened is the prosecutors are asking for 18 months, and his lawyer is asking for probation. That's what's happening. So what's up with your last story? Do you want me to tell it? Do you want to tell me? Because after that... I have a funny review of a restaurant. Um, yeah, Andrew Wilson, mm-hmm. nineteen year old, nineteen years old, kills his mother. Okay. <clears throat> so September eighth, twenty seventeen, Lisa Wilson, age fifty one, of Wheatonfield Township, was found dead in her home by a fatal gunshot. Her son reported she was alive when he left. 
And when he returned, he had found her deceased. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ingham County Sheriff's investigated it and found Andrew Wilson was not being truthful. I bet which, not. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew then told the police he was upset that his mother wouldn't allow him to keep a puppy he had found. His mother said the puppy would have to live with Andrew's father. Andrew told police he went in his mother's room after midnight and shot her in the back of the head while she slept with the twenty-two Magnum rifle. His mom slept with a rifle? No. Oh, he shot her he, with the rifle. So I know when you room. said it, it sounded oh, yeah, like okay, she was so. sleeping with the rifle. Sorry. No, <laughs> she was off. sleeping. <laughs> and he came in with the rifle and shot her in the back of the head. I thought you were saying, like, he was such a freaky kid that, like, one of her things was to sleep with the rifle. <laughs> sorry. Um, that's so <laughs> funny. you off. I'm so sorry. Funny. No, it was just funny. So the argument from his lawyer was... When Andrew was younger, he uh-huh. had um, high doses of chemo. Okay. And those affected his judgment in the current day. And then he was also in a depressive state and hearing voices. Oh, well, the voices thing is never okay. good. But then, you know, that, of course, leads to tests, mental yeah. testing and all that. And he's Court fine? said, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. fine. Yeah. And he I mean, asked, other than the fact that he's a sociopath, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And he actually, um, well, he was charged with first-degree murder. Oh, yeah. But then he pled for second-degree murder, and he got 17 years. And so at that point, when he was officially sentenced, he was 20. Wow, so he'll be like 36 when he gets out? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Okay, I'm going to tell you about this restaurant. It's called The Cottage, and it's in Traverse City, Michigan. I've always wanted to go to Traverse City. Really? Yeah. Okay, we should do that. And I did I did two reviews. The first review is a negative review, review and the um, second one is a positive review because mm-hmm. I'm trying to be nice. This first one is from 2013, and the last one is from 2019, so maybe things went from bad to good. So, okay. Yeah. All right, here we go. For the over 80 crowd, if you like your food bland and cold, this is the spot for you. Probably a step up from the usual assisted living fare, but not a big step. We went to the Sunday buffet, which was picked over with no sign that they planned to replenish it, which does kill me with the buffets. There were two scrambled eggs, plain and with a few veggies and cheddar on top. Lukewarm sausage and bacon, cold pancakes stuck together, maple-flavored syrup, mini eclairs that were icy inside, assorted fruits, and a gooey chocolate sauce. Scones were dry and flowery tasting. There were two items on the end that we couldn't figure out. A gray, mushy-looking mess and fried something, nobody was brave enough to try it, all overpriced for $11 per person. Service was poor. We had to search for our server to pay, and she never came by to offer more coffee. A one-star rating is one star too many. Mm. Yeah, that's an upset person. Now, however, six years later, currently, this summer, we have this one. Title, Blackberry Pancakes. We went here for breakfast, I heard about the black, black, I'm sorry, black cherry. I just said blackberry, but I meant to say black cherry. Black cherry pancakes, and they did not disappoint. I had the buffet. Pancakes are light and covered, and I covered them with the black cherry sauce. I also ate the eggs, yum, and had fruit. The other two people also had the black cherry pancakes, either as their meal or part of their meal. Everyone loved them. 
The person who had them as a side also had the breakfast casserole with uh, with eggs, which he really liked. Efficient service, even though they only had limited service working. Would definitely go back. No, I wrote here. No. The second review had a total of 10 sentences with five of them referring to the pancakes in some way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to guess that those blackberry pancakes can change you from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you've been listening to Michigan Another Mayhem with Allie and Jen. Connect with us at michigananothermayhem.com to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, access show notes, find site links, or correct us when necessary. Rate, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and YouTube. Bye-bye now.